0: Let's bow our heads together for prayer, would you? Father, we just thank you tonight for the love and the patience and the kindness that you've shown to us in Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you tonight for your presence here in this room. We thank you for your presence in our lives. We thank you that you came to set the captives free. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. And we thank you, God, tonight That you desire to impact our lives through the living word of God. That you left us with a lamp and you left us with a light. And you left us with a treasure of life and wisdom and understanding that can change our lives. Lord, tonight the songs we sing, they're more than words to us. We are coming your way. We're going to go your way. And I ask You, Lord, tonight that You'd help us to understand Your way, and You'd help us how to go Your way. You'd help us to apply Your way. You'd help us to follow through in our daily life. For so many Christians, or so-called Christians, Father, a weekend service is a moment, a spiritual high, It's sort of a spectator sport, but we want to be followers. We want to be people who take the laws of God and the Word of God and bring them into our day and practice our Christianity in real time. Your Word is life. Your Word gives life. And we ask You, Lord, tonight, You'd help us to embrace Your life and embrace Your truth and walk worthy of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I um, sit in the back and I saw a number of visitors here this evening, a number of first-time people I know, most of the faces here, and I just want to extend a very warm welcome to you. It's wonderful to have you. And I trust that you will benefit in some way from the Word of God tonight and from the insights that we'll discover here in the scriptures. I also want to welcome our crew from Cedar Rapids, our sister church, New Life, that has a number of their students here with us tonight, and others that came with them. So thank you very much for joining us. It's great to have you. <clears throat> Cedar Rapids is a special place in my heart. I was born there about a 100 years ago. It's uh, last century. 1956 to be exact. I know it's hard to remember back that far, but it happened. The Lone Ranger was the big show on TV at that time. I now have it on black and white discs. And Roy Rogers was my favorite show growing up. And I liked guns and cowboys and all that kind of stuff. But now I'm a man and I put away childish things and moved on to real life. and, And I discovered God. About 38 years ago, he discovered me. He already knew I was there, as we sang tonight. But I discovered him. And he changed my life. And his word has changed my life. And the greatest privilege I have in the world is telling other people about the ways of God. I could do it night and day, day and night, as long as I have the strength and as long as my voice would hold out. There is no greater joy to me than sharing with others the wisdom of God. I don't know if you know this about Christianity, so I want to tell you just a few introductory thoughts here tonight. God wants to make your life, and this is going to surprise some of you, easier. A sinner's road is hard, as Jeremy just sang tonight. A sinner's road is lonely. A sinner's road is difficult. Well, look at a verse tonight, in fact, it tells us that the sinner's road is like walking through a raspberry patch. You ever tried that when you were a kid? Maybe you're out running through the field and all of a sudden you cut through the grass and all of a sudden you run through what some people refer to as a briar patch or the raspberry bush, you didn't see them, they're kind of hidden and they're digging at your legs if you've got shorts on and they're lacerating your skin. I've had that happen. But the path of the righteous, the Bible says, is like a smooth highway. There's a big difference when you walk with God and when you don't walk with God. Now, don't misunderstand. Jesus promised we'd have trials. He promised we'd have persecution. He promised we'd have difficulties. But even with all of those, the life of... That Christ gives to us and the wisdom of the Word of God, and we're going to look at some of that tonight, is intended by God to make your life more profitable, more fruitful, and easier. Now, before I get into this, we're going to start a new series tonight. And uh, I want to tell you just a little bit about uh, the genesis of this series. I, you know, I, I, um, uh, mostly these days email people. People tend to email more than call, but I visit with people as well. But I've received a number of emails and a number of counseling sessions with individuals who are struggling with life. They're just having a, <clears throat> a difficult time with life. Now, there can be a lot of reasons why we have difficulties with life. It can be Things we're going through, there can be health things we're going through, there can be unexpected difficult circumstances, there can be all of a sudden our upbringing or memories from the past, etc., etc., but tonight I want to talk about something a little bit different. I want to talk about the simple fact that a lot of young men and women today simply don't understand how to live wisely. And the series is entitled, Lead Yourself Well. Lead Yourself Well. Now, I want to uh, make sure that you know something here tonight. I do my best not to get emotional about this. I spend a lot of time, actually, I pray for you guys real often. Every day, in fact. <clears throat> and there are many of your situations that I know personally. And um, there's 25 people here dealing with health issues. I pray for them by name, Every single morning. I love this church. When I say this church, I don't mean the building. I mean you. I care deeply about you. If I could, I'd, I'd have little groups we'd meet all the time if you wanted. And, and I would share with you answers to your questions. That's partly why I put my website up. The website's not for me to get famous. There's no charge for the messages. They're there to impart insight and wisdom to your life because genuinely I love you, I care about you. And years and years ago, this is what I decided to give my life for. And my wife and I, our whole life has been built around, our family's life has been built around serving others. There is no greater joy in my life Than to serve young men and women, especially young men and women. I'll serve whoever God puts in my way old, young, my age, older than me, little children. I don't care. It's a privilege to share God's truth with you. And I want you to know tonight that that's the heart that everything I'm going to share with you comes from. That's the heart. It's my passion. It's what gets me up every single day. In fact, I know this will blow some of your minds, and I don't say this as a brag, I say it to illustrate to you how passionate I am, but every day I get up at three in the morning. That's what I do. And shortly after I get up and I've gotten showered and I'm alert, I pray. And I pray for your needs, and I pray for the needs of those I'm working with, and I pray for the house church leaders and the small group leaders and for the little children of the rock and those who are sick at the rock. And And I ask God that he move in your life and I beg him for your life because I love you and I care about you. And then there's business to get about and there's emails to return and there's people to encourage and there's guidance and counsel to offer and there's the word of God to study and there's other responsibilities that I have locally and nationally. And and, and I don't begrudge one day, not one day, I love it. I love the opportunity I get in this life to serve Jesus Christ by serving you and serving the others that God puts in my path. That's the greatest joy that I have. And along with that joy, I say with the Apostle John, I have no greater joy than to see my children, and I mean that in a spiritual sense, those in my charge, living according to the truth. <clears throat> Not just knowing the truth, but living in the truth, walking in the path of truth. So, I want to ask you a question tonight, and I want you to think about it. How well are you leading yourself? Do you even realize that you've been given this extraordinary opportunity by God to take charge of your life and lead yourself? Lead yourself in your time. Lead yourself with your talents. Lead yourself with your health. Lead yourself with your spirit. Lead yourself with your emotions. Lead yourself in your thoughts. And the vast majority of people are not leading themselves well. They're struggling with life. The basic things of life. They struggle to get out of bed in the morning. They struggle to get to work on time. They struggle to have a go-getter's attitude. They struggle with a sense of purpose. They struggle to get to bed on time. They struggle with their fault life. They struggle with their personal discipline. They struggle with their weight. They struggle with their money. They struggle being organized. Everywhere they turn. The question is... Why? Why? And I want to talk to you about that tonight because the Bible tells us, Jesus said, I I came that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. He said, And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When you know and do the truth. But as one person has once said, when you know the truth, at first you get mad. Because often we don't like the truth. But the truth is, is beautiful. I want to show you something tonight. Just real quickly in the book of Proverbs to introduce this. In Proverbs chapter 8. Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice. She stands on the hilltop and at the crossroads of the city. She cries aloud, I call to you. To all of you I'm raising my voice. How naive you are. Let me give you common sense Oh, simple ones, let me give you understanding. Listen to me, for I have excellent things to tell you. Everything I say is right, for I speak the truth. I hate every kind of deception and lie. My advice is wholesome and good. There's nothing crooked or twisted in it. My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those who want to learn. Choose my instruction rather than money and knowledge over pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Good advice and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine to give. Those who search for me will find me unending riches, honor, wealth, justice, and are mine to distribute. My gifts are better than purest gold. My wages better than sterling silver. Tonight, I want to give you some wisdom. That's my desire tonight. I want to give you some wisdom. It's better than money. And if you can grasp, and if you will grasp, what I share with you tonight, and if you take it, And do something with it, I promise you, in the years to come. Because it's going to take you some time. And you'll understand that as I get into this. In the years to come, you will never regret the moment that you heard the things we talk about tonight. And you'll never regret that you ordered your steps in this way, with this perspective, in this mentality, and developed this attribute in your life. It will change every single facet of your life as it has mine. I'm sharing with you tonight from experience, from life application in the arena of real life. And I have brought this area that we're going to look at from the scripture into every area of my life. Now, some of you again are just visiting tonight. So, <clears throat> you know, it's your first time. You don't know anything about me. So just a couple things so you understand the breadth of my life. I'm 56, I have four children, I have soon to be seven grandchildren. My wife and I raised all of our children. My wife home educated them, sent them right from home, right to college. Celeste and Jeremy, who are up here singing tonight, he was 15, she was 16 when they went off to college. Everything we set out to do worked as we followed the ways of God. Every one of my children grew up following Jesus Christ, loving Jesus Christ. They did not deviate to the left nor to the right. They didn't serial date. They didn't go out and get drunk. They didn't go out and use drugs. They grew up as the Bible promised as we applied truth. And they've been giving their life for Christ. And I have since been involved in helping to start six churches. One's in Berlin. Five in the cities here. Founding churches. Helping people's lives. I've spoken in different places in the United States. And what I bring to you tonight, I bring from a life of experience, 38 years of application of what I want to share with you tonight. This isn't some platitude I'm sharing with you, a nice little devotional, oh, isn't that wonderful, and then, you know, Mark goes home and has a wretched marriage. I've been married soon, 34 years, in just a couple of months. I understand about marriage, I understand the difficulties, I understand hardship. I understand financial challenges. I understand wanting to quit. I understand wanting to give up. I understand struggling with the flesh. I have a flesh just like anybody else. And when I came to Christ, it was in a really bad way. My passions ruled my life. I had no self-control. I had no self-discipline. All I had when I began to follow Christ... All I had was genuine desire. And that'll start the fire, but that won't keep it going. And over these years, as I kept in the Word of God, as I kept reading the Word of God and reading these things on wisdom and then applying them to my life, I began to discover a variety of different things that, my gosh, they made my life so much easier. They brought genuine success. I'm not talking about fame, fortune, and money like the world. But I'm talking about real quality success to my life. And to those that I was working with. And those that I loved because we were obeying the word of God. And by faith, we believe that God knows more than this crazy world. So we get back to the question, why? Why is it so difficult for people to lead themselves? And so I want to share with you a little bit tonight. You and I live today in a culture. First, I want us to understand our culture, okay? Because our culture, we are all a product of our upbringing, of our sinful nature, and of our environment. Those are the three primary forces shaping our life. When I say our environment, I mean our cultural ethos. The cultural values and systems of the day. <clears throat> I read today that millennials, and that's 18 to 33 year old millennial. That includes just about everybody in this room tonight. <clears throat> millennials, on average, on the stress scale, are the highest of any generation. You're the most stressed-out generation since they began testing this. You average 5.9 out of 10. Normally, it's about four. The stress levels in your life are extremely high, and much of it—not not not all of it—and we'll get to that tonight. But you know, many of you here are very young. You're very on the young end—not uh, the 33, but you're the 18. <clears throat> and so many of the things that have happened in your life, or that have shaped you. Much of them were out of your control. But now, here you are tonight. You might be 18, you might be 19, you might be 25. But now, here's what you need to understand. Now, you're here. Back there, that may help explain us how you got here. But from this moment forward, it's up to you. It's up to you what you're going to do, what you're going to embrace, what values you're going to live by, what perspectives you're going to Reprogram your corrupted hard drive with. You see, we got a virus. Let's use computer lingo for a minute. I'm not going to get this just right, but I'll get it enough so you know. We're going to have to clean the old thing real good. we have to scrub it down. And we're going to have to re-imprint that disk with new information. Or your reality is not going to change. You and I live in a culture that is driven by pleasure, indulgence, and fun. We have been conditioned by our society to expect a lot of relaxation, to expect a lot of pleasurable experiences. We do not expect to work 10 to 12 hour days, six days a week. The culture lives to satisfy its lust, its desires, and indulge ourselves. From gaming, the gaming industry, to the food industry, to the entertainment, sports. Everything is geared towards pleasure. And getting you to spend your time and your money on things. This perspective has created an indulgent, dependent, and despondent people. We're empty. And people are not leading themselves well at all. They are failing at life. I don't know if you understand how deep this is. I mean, how deep this goes. Just about everybody you know is in hock over their head. <clears throat> they don't have any money in savings. They live on plastic. I'm driving the other day <coughs> down a road, and again, I you know, often when I drive down run errands, I, I, uh, I, well, I deliberately keep my radio broken. It's not hard for me to know what goes on in the world. I go to Drudge, I go to Fox, I go to frontpagemag.com, I go to a few other sites, I go to Spiegel in Germany, boom, bang, I know what's going on. I understand. I don't need to listen to people shouting to me their crap into my ear every day. Better things to do with my time and my mind. And one of them is pray. And reflect. And I think about life. And I'm driving along and I'm thinking to myself, and I know this is going to be maybe a shocking thought, maybe not. But I'm thinking to myself about the economic condition that the nation is in. We like to point fingers at, you know, those people, the politicians. And I'd be glad to go off on them for a little while. They are culpable in many ways. Two-faced, bigoted hypocrites, morons that are spending us into oblivion. But they simply reflect the populace. For how many people do you know? Who have $35,000 parked on a slab of concrete in their garage. And every day depreciating in value. I mean the worst possible expenditure that you could spend your money on is a new car. It's foolish. It's foolish. It's a waste of your money. I used to be in the industry. I know lots and lots about cars, and I know about money. And I'm driving down the road in my repaired, reliable 1992. I'm not saying you have to drive a 1992. I just picked up a 2000 Toyota Santa Van LE, immaculate. Just had the timing belt replaced, the valve covers, the water pump, driven. I mean, it's beautiful. I know a lot about cars. I gave the guy $5,000 for it. It was $28,000 new. I will get another $150,000 and will probably only have to put $1,000 into it. I just gave the guy cash. I would never, ever, ever buy a new car and let them take my money. But they are tempting you every single day. And Americans are broke. They're broke. They're in hock. They got this credit card, that credit card. We're paying $150,000 for education. And we're going to be in hock paying it off till we're 70 or 80 years old. And young people have been so lied to and propagandized. And then we expect this one fall, I just have a 40 hour week. Give me a 42 hour week job, and I'll get married, and everything's just going to be great. I'm going to have my boat and my snowmobile, and et cetera, et cetera. And then you wake up one day and realize life is nothing like you thought. We have young men and women that are addicted to games, to games. And you may think, for a moment it's not. For a moment it may be fun, but it's not. You can't walk away. It just consumes your time, your life, your energy. And you're empty inside. I read a report the other day of the level of jealousy of people who regularly read Facebook. It's created a whole new class of people that are ruled by jealousy. As they go online... And they see the beautiful pictures of their friends, and I'm not the pretty, and the wonderful places they get to go, and I don't get to go. I mean, there's some really crazy stuff going on today, right now, in society. And our lives are just spinning out of control. Out of control. So we've got to turn our lives around. We've got to come up and recognize that God has a whole other purpose for our life and God has a whole different way for us to live. A whole different way for us to live. And, and here's the other thing. The same people that are, think they're having fun, life is piling up on them. The bills are piling up. They don't get the things done they need to get done. You know what I read yesterday? Two professors, they decided to do a study. They were very concerned about... I, this is. You're not even going to believe this. They decided to study... A group of people, a number of people, they did enough—I think like 150 people—at their jobs to find out how effective is the American worker today when they have access to the web during their day. And guess what they found out? Now I know this—I know this research is going to be challenged, and there's, there, there will now be other research, and I'm sure it won't be quite this high. But they discovered that 80% of the worker's day was spent. Cyber loafing. And much of the time, on their own Facebook. And they didn't think anything was wrong with it. So now they're at work. Of course, it's not their own work. It's not their own business. We're going to get to this in just a moment, this mentality. It's someone else's, and they they just show up. They expect someone to have a desk for them there, and the power supply is going to be there, and, oh, you better keep my room, and the janitor cleans, and I just sit down, and I do a little bit during the day, and 80% of my time, I'm cyber loafing. Now, I, I know that's not everybody here. I'm just trying to help you understand what's going on in the world. And then people wonder, why is my life so hard? Because we're making really foolish decisions. Because we're living by the wrong value system. I've talked to so many people. I I, I mean this. I say this. My gosh, uh, with everything in my heart, I care about you guys. I could change your lives through the wisdom of the word of God. I was recently taught, had a young person call me, and they said, This was several months back. They said, Mark, you know, I, I, I've been putting on some weight. I like to lose some weight. I don't know exactly what to do. And, and I said, Walk. They said, What? I said, Look, you know, you, you're, you're trying to pray, right? I mean, that's something you're trying to do. This is a dear Christian person. And um, I said, They said, Yeah. I said, Well, just, just get up before you go to work and uh, invest in some really good shoes. <clears throat> And really good moreno wool socks. It's a little cold out right now. You don't want to wear cotton socks. I could go off on that tonight. Did you know that I know about that too? <laughs> cotton brings moisture on your feet. It's terrible for your feet. You don't want to wear them. You want to go on to campmore.com and you want to order wigwam moreno wool socks. <laughs> to change your feet. I gave a pair to a friend. He was laughing at me. He called me. He lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. He wrote me. The next day, he goes, Mark, I'm sorry. I repent. These are incredible. I ordered seven more. I have 12 pairs of them. They're here. I wear them every day. I'm going to help you understand how to live a simple life, but a cool life. How many times have I told you people think I'm a rock star when I'm in the airport, other places? I have three pairs of these jeans. I have eight pairs of these shirts. I have... Two leather coats I bought 11 years ago. This is a new one recently my wife got me for my birthday. You know why? Because I, I like fashion. I like art. But I don't have time to think every day of the new thing I'm going to put together. I want to get down to business. I want to get going in my life. Simplify your life. We'll get into that tonight. We'll get into that in the weeks to come. I have so many things I want to tell you. So this young person, I said to him, listen. <clears throat> I've walked 25,382 miles. I have done almost a half a million push ups. I could, show, do, you know, do you know how much work it takes? Maybe you're watching your favorites or you're watching the news and you do this 50 times. You don't need PX90, you don't need all that crap, you don't need yoga booty ballet. You don't need to pay $70 to go to a club. You simply need what the Bible says is the most precious possession of a man or woman. Diligence. Diligence. You're a doer. You're a hustler. You go after it. You're a self-starter. You get it done. You get it done. I'm 56 years old and... My young roommate, Mark, I don't know if he's here tonight, my daughter, sima but I go out in the garage and I do, I have a, just a little routine. I just do it my day. I never even change into workout clothes. And I go out in the garage and I can do eight pull-ups in a row with my legs out like you're sitting. Then I rest, then I do five more, then I rest, then I do four, then I rest, then I do four, get up to 20. And it rips your stomach when you first start, but you work up to it. I could, so many things, it just listen to me. So this young woman, she did. She said, Mark, it's amazing. I'm more vigorous at my job. I mean, I've never been an athletic person, Mark, but I can walk, and I go out and walk, and it clears my head, and sometimes if it's really cold, well, I just go in the garage, and I just pace in the garage. Yeah, that's what I've done that for years, too. Wherever I go in the world, I just find a place to walk. I just find a place to walk. I stretch every single day. After I do my walk, I come downstairs. I have a 12-minute routine of stretching. Because as an older man, I understand I need to keep limber. I want to keep myself fit and vibrant and ready for as long as God gives me time. Anybody in this room could do everything that I do. I'm not lying. Now, you may not have the gift to publicly communicate. That's okay. I'm talking about the habits of life, the things that God has taught me, starting with this mentality. I want to share something with you that has been uh, revolutionary for me. I shared it with a, uh, I wrote it out, and I think I'll just read what I wrote. I shared this with a young man recently that I'm trying to help. He lives in another state. He's married, he's got a couple kids, and and very smart, very, very, very smart young man. Highly intelligent and in, He's got a pretty high-powered job. But, on the other hand, certain things aren't going very well for him. Marriage has thrown him some challenges, some curveballs. He really likes the computer. He really likes his iPad. He really likes to go read this and that. And he often gets to bed at 11.30, and then it's difficult to get up the next day. And things his wife would like to have him do to help out around the house, he sometimes never gets around to. And so... I wrote him this uh, about a month ago. He's very precious to me. I would write the same to you. I'll share it with you. Dear brother, I want to share a practical and powerful picture that has been extremely helpful to me in regards to my family. It has helped me know precisely what I need to do and be like. This picture comes from the text in Proverbs 27. Know the state of your flocks and put your heart into caring for your herd. For riches don't last forever, and the crown might not be passed to the next generation. After the hay is harvested, and the new crop appears, and the mountain grasses are gathered in, your sheep will provide wool for clothing, and your goats will provide the price of the field, and you will have enough goat's milk for yourself, your family, and your servant girls. Now, what in the world are you supposed to get out of that text? Let me explain. Leading my family is literally like living on the family farm. Very few of you here were raised on a family farm. If I ask, we might get ten hands in the room tonight. The family farm mentality is the antithesis of modern American life where almost everything is done for you. The family farmer must lead himself well and by the way, for thousands of years up until approximately 19, 14, 15, 18, the 20s. Thousands of years, almost all men and women lived on what we would call the family farm and they had to manage their life, they had to tend their field, they had to get their crops in, they had to get organized, they had to plan or they starve and die. And therein is the profound secret. As a family farmer, you must oversee everything and see to it that everything gets done. It falls on me to get it done and to raise up my little farm hands to help me get it done. I can't take my herds or my crops for granted. I must get seed in the ground. See, you can go to your job. Many, many times you go to your job. You don't care what the sales force is doing. You're just, oh, I'm just a little cog in the wheel. You're not seeing the whole picture of your life. You understand? Because you're so conditioned to just, oh, I just got this little thing. This is just my little part. Your life, your life is far more than your job. It's everything. And leading yourself well is everything. Success or failure is going to depend on you taking charge of your life and leading yourself. Say, come on, Mark, over here. Get up, Mark, get out of bed. My daughter was asking me, I had a meeting last night and she was helping me today. Um, Jessica, she said, you are you tired? I said, oh, I'm a little tired. You know, yesterday was an 18 hour day, except, you know, I had two naps. And my my 30-minute nap, that's that's part of my secret. Every day I get up at 3, about 10 o'clock, I lay down for 30 minutes. On my stomach with a pillow under my left side, with my feet hanging over the edge of the bed. Same way, that's what works for me. Some people, it's flat on their back with a washcloth over their eyes. Earplugs in my ears always. Boom, I wake up, I'm energized, I'm ready to go. And then at about 7, 7, 7.15, 7.30, I smash into a wall. just It's there, I just smash into a wall. And I lay down and then I get up several times in the night and then I get up. Well, last night I was only five hours in bed and she said, oh, you, you ready to go? I said, I'm I'm ready to go, honey. I'm ready to go. I have purpose in what I do. I just get myself out of bed. I just get myself out of bed. Get up, Mark. I don't need mommy and daddy to walk in. I'm mommy and daddy. Get up, Mark. You old lazy bones, get out of bed. Did you know how much Proverbs talks about the sluggard is like a door on its hinges in his bed? Uh, 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 and just tosses and turns and over this side and then this side. Because they don't lead themselves. But the farmer has to lead himself. And so I saw my family all of my life as this is my farm. What will my fields produce? Watch over it. Carefully, Mark, watch over their lives, watch over your marriage, guard your finances, watch over your disciplines, watch over yourself. And oh my gosh, has it paid off? And that's what I want you to understand. The reward is phenomenal. Phenomenal. What God has done is, I look back over these 38 years, and I look back since, you know, 33 years, my daughter will be 33 Monday, my oldest. 33 years since I brought her home from the hospital. This passage was my text. And I'd go over it. In other words, the most precious possession is diligence. As the Bible says... The most prescient possession of a man is diligence. The plans of the diligence succeed. Secondly, you need plans or an effective routine. So, let's put this all together. I start my day every day seven days a week at the same time. For me, it's 3 to 3.15 a.m. I have a set routine seven days a week. I have a spiritual routine. I have a clean house routine. I have a take care of the car routine. I have a fitness routine. I have an eating routine. Getting groceries routine. Staying on top of training my kids routine. I simply get it done. Just do it always been my motto. For Nike ever made their shoes. Because it's in the Bible. That's the essence of the Bible. Be a doer. Be a doer. Just do it. You've been given the spirit of God. You've got self-discipline. You've got the power of God in your life. Now do something with it. And cut off those shackles and cut off all that crap that's holding you back and ruining your life and making it so difficult. But it's a process. You're not going to get it all today. You're not going to get it all tomorrow. But it's a process. And here's a beautiful verse. The path of the righteous... It's like the light of dawn, and it grows brighter and brighter and brighter till the full day. That's what it's like walking with the Lord. So you begin, and you're taking these little baby steps, and you have setbacks, but you don't take your eye. You don't look to the left, to the right. You keep your eye on the prize, and you keep going, and you're learning, and you're growing, and your discipline's getting better, and you're learning, you're getting greater stamina. You're developing self-control with your mouth, with your thoughts, with what goes in your mouth, what comes out your mouth. And you're learning to walk with God. And you're learning to die to self. Dying to self, but I wear a ring right here that says die. Well, actually, it says diesel is the best I could get, so it just die self. I just put an F on the end of it. Because dying to self is a secret to life. Do you understand that? Dying to self is a secret to my marriage. Dying to self is a secret to ministry. Dying to self is the secret to power and abundance in life. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it bears much fruit. Jesus said, if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you die and lose your life, you'll find it. And I've experienced that reality. Over and over. I make sure I'm on top of life or life gets on top of you. And it will crush you. Then as I had little kids, I learned to employ them in my routines. They became my helpers. But always, I was the hardest worker. I was the most diligent, the most on the ball. I set the pace and the example and simply got things done. I view it as being the best servant possible. Great servants are faithful, reliable. They don't have to be checked up on because they do what they're asked and they follow through with their word and they ensure that things are done in a timely manner. It is the total and complete secret to success. Passionate diligence. Be a doer. Get it done. That means recreations, other non-essentials never got in the way of my most important priorities. I always made sure they were done first, always, every day. This has become my lifestyle habit. I believe it could become yours as well. And it will blow your wife's mind as she sees this develop in you. And I've passed this on to others. And I've watched it change their lives. Men, listen. Lim- women, listen, passivity is one of the greatest sins of our age. We're just so passive. We're just so passive. And it's so destructive. It's just, let, me, let me just read a couple verses to you and we're going to wind down here for just, just a moment. I, 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 this stuff excites me so much. I can stay here all night. <laughs> a lazy life is an empty life, but early to rise gets the job done. Proverbs 12:27 in the message. Proverbs 12, 27, the new American standard, a lazy fellow does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy hand will be put to forced labor. There's a couple other really good ones here that I wanted to read to you. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is fat. There's one area you want to be fat a fat soul. I've got a fat soul. And I'm married to a really fat soul woman. (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, Kathy, is so fat. And that's not a lie. That's the most admirable quality in my wife's life. No matter what we've been through, and it has been unbelievable trials, that girl just feeds her soul. She has a craving for God and she's so diligent every single day diligent no matter what was happening no matter what the children no matter if they were just born. So when she get nurse she'd pray. And when she was nursing one of the babies she'd have a little light she'd read her Bible. She'd think about scripture. When I was working at Zap Video Arcade at night my wife after she put the kids to bed she was in the word of God. She's just got a fat soul. Well fed. She has a tremendous wellspring of spiritual strength that has been the only way she has coped with the physical traumas and the physical pain. She has a fat soul. Proverbs 12:24, work hard and you'll be a leader, be lazy and you'll end up a slave. Proverbs 15:19, the way of the lazy is a hedge of thorns, but the path of the righteous, the diligent is a smooth highway. Synonyms for sluggard, couch potato, deadbeat, do nothing, idler, layabout, loafer, lotus eater. That's a good one. Slouch, slug. The opposite of a sluggard is a doer, a go-getter, a hustler, a self-starter. Diligent means it's a steady, earnest, and energetic effort. I mean, even when, that's why I'm energetic when I stare. Who wants to listen to somebody with no energy? I'm sorry, we all have different gifts. But the passion just comes, this stuff is so revolutionary and it can change your life and set you free. So in closing, let me just share this with you. And then we'll pray and close. <clears throat> there are three things that you need to practice self-leadership in and do well. And you'll do well. You've got to practice self-leadership in three ways. You've got to change your whole life perspective and approach life like a family farmer. You go back to that proverb and read it this weekend and study it. You've got to look at your life as a farm. Your body, everything you have is given to you by God. It's your farm. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to lead yourself? And we're going to get into the weeks leading your emotional self, leading your financial self, leading your time, getting your life organized. I have all these little things around my house that, you know, I, I live an extremely simple life. The other day I... After I got this van, I wanted to help another couple out uh, that really needed something. And so uh, I got this van cleaned up, and um, they came over. The gentleman came over, and uh, I had uh, sheets of paper. They were from a notebook, and I handed it to him, and I said, Well, I want you to know I spent $3,272 on this car. In each one of my cars, I have a little 99-cent notebook with a pencil. The reason I have a pencil is because in the cold, pens don't work. So you see mechanical pencils work rain or shine, cold or hot. And every time I do something to the car, I just pull out this little notebook before I leave the shop, I sit out there, and I write really quick the date, the mileage, exactly what was done and how much it cost. So here's a complete and total diary of everything that's been done with this car. I want you to know you can drive this car with confidence. It just had the timing belt, the water pump, the the valve cover gaskets, the spark plugs, the CV boot, etc., etc., etc. It's all right here. It's like, I don't believe this. I have this with all my cars. It's just sitting right there. I have a little 99-cent calendar, $2 calendar right over here. I just open it up. I know what's going on. I know what's going on next summer, next July. Boom, it's there. Boom, put that right over there. I've got a little notebook down here. I know what my workout is. I know how many miles I've walked. I know where I've been. I know where I'm doing. I know how many conferences I've done. You just write them. It's just easy. It's so easy. I have a a box of plastic gloves. I want to serve my wife. I want to clean. I clean all the bathrooms, but I got to admit, I hate that stuff on my hands. So I just bought those food worker gloves. They're like $3 for 500 of them in Walmart. And I have them there right there. They're ready to go. I just slip them on my hands. Bam! And I'm just Tasmanian devil. I just clean. Then I throw the gloves away, wash my hands. I'm done. Then I don't mind it at all. I got a system for the laundry. Every day I do a little load. I never wait till the load gets giant. Ooh, that, that's daunting. That, then there's all that folding. Just each morning I throw a little load in, dry it, fold it, boom. It's just part of my day. I could just, uh, I mean this stuff just, I was not like this. I was not born this way when I started following the Lord. I had a shaman box in the corner for all my dirty clothes. And I washed maybe once a month. And I was not organized. Do you know how wonderful it is to live with wisdom? Do you know how wonderful it is to have an organized life? Wow. You just wake up every day. It's like every day. He says, Lord, I'm just, I'm just so grateful, Lord, for this simple little house. <clears throat> I got my little can of silicone spray out in the car or out, out in the garage. I keep two cans. Don't ever buy WD-40. It's not lubricant. It's a lie. It's actually a cutting oil. You want silicone spray. Silicone spray is a lubricant, a real lubricant. It's not a lie. Look it up tonight when you get on Google, okay? I used to be in the industry, so I know this too. And so I get this little can. My garage door, my garage door opener is almost 30 years old. Big wooden door. You know why? Because the minute I moved in, I started spraying silicone. Spraying on the gears, spraying on the chain, spraying on the springs, spraying on the door. And about every couple months, I just go spray crazy. (laughs) It's a lot cheaper than $5,000 on a new installed steel door. I do it in my vans for the roller things. People the doors. You just spray the thing. Man, just, just, I just got it right there. Just right there waiting to go. Anybody in this room could do this. It's just so wonderful to have your life organized. Now, I'm not the guy. You walk, you look at my dresser drawer. The socks aren't all there laying, you know, No, because they're on a shelf. With X's on the new ones and lines on the old ones, I can keep them apart that way. Oh, guys, seriously, I know you think I'm crazy. I'm telling you, I just wish I could dump me in you. If I could, if God would let me, I just wish I could dump me in you. I wish you didn't have to learn these things the hard way because some of you are going to hit the wall so damn hard. You're going to hit the wall. You're going to get married and you're going to wonder what the hell happened to you. What happened to you? It's hard, and it's hard work, and unless you embrace hard work, unless you learn to love hard work, and you enjoy it, because it's not a curse. Work is not a curse of God, it's a joy. You're going to get smashed in the face so hard, and you're not going to make it. And I'm dealing with some people like that right now. I'm not joking. Life's going to hit you so hard, God didn't mean it to hit you like that. He meant to give you wisdom so you could live life i got to save the other things for the next week, so we'll be here till midnight, maybe five in the morning, but we've we got to stop. Lord, I tell you, Lord, I just love your word, and I love the wisdom of God. And I know probably to some of these folks I seem like a raving lunatic. I guess I just don't care. I love them. I have counseled thousands of people. I have dealt with thousands of broken lives. Thousands of broken marriages. Because people were lazy. Because they didn't do what needed to be done. And they just thought, oh, we'll just live in love. We'll just stay in love all the time. And they didn't maintain the relationship. And they didn't do the hard stuff that pays off. Because we live for instant gratification. And if it doesn't feel good right now, then I don't want to do it. Oh, God, your word, it sets us free. Your word is so powerful. Your word is so profound. It's so deep, and I love it. I love it, Lord. I love your wisdom. I love it. The Bible says there's hope for you when you love wisdom. There's hope for you when you love discipline. But he who hates correction is as stupid as a cow. I don't want to be a cow, Lord. I don't want to be stupid. And I know I still can be. So I ask you, God, that you just continue to minister to my own life as I read your word. I ask you, Lord, to reach down and touch every single life here tonight and change lives. Help them to understand Christianity and the Bible is the greatest gift ever given to mankind. It changes lives. It changes cultures. It changes nations when it's obeyed, when it's ignored. We destroy ourselves. And we're witnessing that today. Help us to be different. In Jesus' name, amen.